everybody. Welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire. And all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up, and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am here with Paul. So the first thing is, is Paul, is it Rip Key or Rip Ka? Because we've had this conversation <laughs> about how to pronounce certain things in the past. So I want to make Correct. sure I get this right. So if it, I, I'm, I mean, I'm hello, Chris, my friend. Thanks for the invitation. How are you today? Um, I hope you're good. <laughs> so um, here's the question. So is it? It's it's a li little weird situation with me because like um, I learned and we've had the conversation about Porsche, which is a German brand or Mercedes or Audi. So um, I mean, Audi is easy, right? It's Audi, sort of Audi. Do you pronounce brands uh, slash names the way it should be? And uh, the last conversation kind of ended with if it's a name of any sort of origin, uh, you should pronounce it the way you pronounce it where you're from. And here's a here's a very, very, very weird example of that because uh, there's a soccer player who used to play in Germany, an American but Croatian heritage soccer player. And we have a lot of, after the Yugoslavian war, I'm German, so like we have a lot of Croatian friends, we have a lot of ex-Yugoslavia friends, so we are very familiar with uh, those names. So his name was Pulisic. Every German uh, guy said, oh, Pulisic is playing, Pulisic scored, so Pulisic, American uh, uh, soccer player over there. Now, I'm watching the World Cup and uh, the the commentators they say Pulisic, so I'm like, wait a minute, what's what's happening? And supposedly he grew up in the U.S. and he calls himself Pulisic. So um, back to your question, my last name in German is Paul Ripke. So uh, Ripke uh, is uh, how I would introduce myself in my country where I'm from, where I lived 20 or oh, 30 years. Um, but now, uh, and, and then I started to work internationally and I did work a fair amount international with English speaking people. Um, and they pronounced it Ripke and they said like, hey, Ripke, Ripke. And so I kind of started to call myself Ripke as well with a Y, you know? And, and like, I, I felt a little bit like, Diddy, you know, like like a superstar, like a rap star. So Ripke <laughs> is my my other sort of persona, my alter ego. That's a little bit more American, commercial. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I like money. I, I want to be rich and stuff like that. So um, so Ripke. And then I did a show in Germany. It's called I Want to Work for Ripke, which was a total uh, stealing from I Want to Work for Diddy. Um, and then it kind of took off with Ripke, Ripke, Ripke. I do cooking stuff called Rip Kitchen, which is kitchen is key. Uh, so it's making it even worse. And kitchen is spelled with a Y because Ripke is spelled with a Y. So it's very complicated. Um, but uh, you can call me whatever. But I mean, we're, we're, we're talking, you're a media guy. You're a TV persona. Um, I think today I'm Ripke. 
Okay. All right. We'll go with long that. answer. Get used to it. I'm 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 a podcaster, so I I answer long, and in Germany we call it Schwallalarm, which is like a lot of more words coming out of like if you if you want to find the visual of it, it would be diarrhea of words coming out of my mouth. That's <laughs> my life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, for folks who don't know Paul, yeah, we met two years ago on the Perry Suplice bike tour. Uh, riding our bikes, doing something called Look Pro, Go Slow. Correct. And we had a blast. Like, yes. so much fun. And, you know, Paul is truly international. There's, I've never met anybody who has such a following like this. And I really wanted Paul to kind of give you this introduction of how it all started. Because from, I mean, brilliant photographer, podcaster, winemaker, clothing entrepreneur, avid cyclist, triathlete when he wants to. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and on. So Paul, I, I would really love it if you explain to folks how it all started, because it's so interesting the way you started this career that I see in front of me now, but where it all started is is just, it's mesmerizing for me. Okay, so uh, I, I grew up in, in Germany, in Heidelberg, which is, you gotta, like, it's very important we had a strong, you know, Germany was divided, and England or the US took care of, uh, and Russia in the eastern part of it, so, but in the western part of it, where I grew up, there was an English occupation and an American occupation, so Heidelberg was, we had 160,000 people living there, and 140,000 US soldiers uh, at our city, so, like I'm heavily influenced, born in 81 by American soldiers that came out of Iraq war. They were stationed in Heidelberg or Rammstein, which is very close to. Um, and so so, so the US was always my, like I was a super fan. The, the coolest kids in town had access to the PX, which was the American supermarket in the base. And that's been like the 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 pinnacle of, of coolness was the PX guys. I was not one of them, but I wanted to become one of them. So um, hip hop was super important um, and skate skating, skateboarding, inline skating was also very, very important in my youth, but mainly hip hop. Um, and uh, one of the things that happened, and I think you can relate or guys out there can relate is in some sports or topics, for example, hip hop, um, it's not that important that you're super good in the craft or the skill you're you're participating in it's more important you're good in the vibe and in the sport itself or in the cultural divide so so in hip-hop you had to be a good hip-hopper to be the photographer not necessarily a good photographer so um, i lived of that a lot because my my starting as a photographer was all in hip-hop i was very very poor horrible photos i took um but uh, Germany was the second biggest market for American rappers. So um, like a lot of U.S. rap people went to Germany and played concerts there. And actually, it all started in your hometown in San Francisco. Um, so I was 20 years old. And I lived in Mir Beach on the other side where we visited. We wanted to come by uh, on our ride. Yes. But on, on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, I, I've, I have friends over there. He's a Stanford professor, invented mediation. So heavily influ like influenced me in my life a lot. My mother is a big in mediator too. Um, and I lived with them. And I wanted to go to a concert um, in San Francisco. So I 
bought a ticket, went there and didn't get access because I was under 21, which doesn't exist. That age doesn't exist in Germany. Like we are 18 and you're, you're grown up and it was a 21 plus uh, intro kind of thing. So um, I didn't get in. And on day two, I was like, okay, how do I solve this? And I uh, reached out to a German hip hop newspaper magazine type of style and told them, can you send me a paper where I'm your photographer? So I sign up as a photographer because I did some pictures. I had a camera and stuff. So and this way I can get into those uh, concerts because uh, if you're on the list of photographers or media, they don't control if you're 21 or up. So um, they sent me one. And then in Mir Beach, that was my like daily ritual. There was like a newspaper where you where you see the concerts of the next 10 days sort of. And I signed up for all of them. I send out faxes on a daily basis, like 20 of them daily. And I was on every single guest list Bay Area in 2002, uh, signed up as a photographer plus one because I may bring my reporter. And here's the deal. It's been a good introduction into getting to know women because I was like, hey, you want to see Erica Badu in Oakland? Uh, we can also do this and that. Like it was, I had a lot of dates in this time because I was on every single concert. And then you have to take a couple of pictures in the first three songs and then you can watch the concert. So um, this kind of made me a photographer at the age of 20. Um, by the way, also the biggest fail I've ever had because I went to San Diego afterwards, like four months in, in Mir Beach, four months in uh, San Diego. And in San Diego, there was like a festival and uh, Chris Brown was playing. And I was, no, it was not Chris Brown. What's the other, the big soul artist, familiar name? James Brown. James, James Brown. Brown. Here we are. So James Brown was playing a concert and you're only allowed to take pictures the first three songs. And I was like uh, there and there's like 20 other photographers and I'm I'm standing in front of it. And then James Brown is coming out and, and singing a little intro and I'm taking pictures. And I'm like, hey guys, you're missing out. And I was like, all the other photographers, they don't take pictures. So like they're only allowed in the first three songs, but I'm taking the sickest pictures you've ever seen of James Brown on film and everything. So I fired out my last films because it was the main act of the festival was done after two songs and was like, okay, all the other guys, they didn't take a single picture of him. Like I'm the superstar photographer over there. Then the announcer left the stage and James Brown entered the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't had a single film shot left so there's not a single picture of james brown of me and all the other photographers have pictures of james brown so just to give you an idea of my skill set of photography back in there but yeah uh, that started it in hip-hop i took a lot of hip-hop photos um learned it while doing it so like i've never had a real teacher i didn't uh, study it i studied business stopped it dropped out of university um but I, I i kind of did a lot of um i had a side job as a hockey field hockey coach um where i learned maybe even as much to my final job as i did in uh, yeah photography uh, uh, trying to take pictures because it's a very social uh, job you know like you have to talk to people you have to kind of organize how a team works and stuff and you have to uh, yeah activate 15 kids that don't really want to play field hockey sometimes like it's that's kind of similar way closer to to the job of photography than i thought it would be um took a lot of pictures uh moved a little bit into textile i would say like there's i took the pictures of target of the german target 
of uh, like the textiles that are sold there. Like they call it fashion. It's not fashion. <laughs> it's it's a lot of function wear in front of white backgrounds and stuff. So that was my main job for five years. Moved a little bit into sports as well because I'm, I, I was a big, big, big soccer fan. And uh, the topic changes of being a photographer really helped me because I got bored very, very fast. So um, I was I was really, really- Oh, I have a nice. quick question. Yeah. I have a quick question. Yes. The topic changed for you because you got bored. Do you have ADD? Are you like- Yes, 100%. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. And not totally diagnosed, but I think I made the best out of it studying business because that kind of, you don't, I, I, I could have never decided at 20 what to do for the next 30 years, which is a thing Germans kind of want. They want a long-term, where do you see yourself in 10 years, whatever, you know, that's a German kind of thing to do um, or a question to ask. We we don't, like, that. that's why I moved to the US, to be honest. Like, it's more short-term and it, it's easier with what I am and what I do. So I, so I changed the topics. Long story short, uh, became the photographer of the so so i had three major super lucky moments in my life because you can take as good pictures as you want um the 95 percent of the picture is the topic of the picture whatever is on that picture and you cannot 100 percent control how successful people get that uh, you take pictures of. So uh, in music, I'm one of my best friends and uh, uh, I was his manager as a start. We started out with like three paying people in the first concert that I, that I took pictures. I had to pay the bartender to get in front of the stage to have some people there for one stage shot. Uh, and it ended with 30,000 biggest stadium concert of a solo rap artist in Germany. So he's huge now. So I grew with him. Um, but he didn't grow of my because of my pictures. Uh, like like he became a superstar. I just stood next to the to the good guy over, and the same thing happened uh, in soccer. So I was the team photographer of the German national team when they became world champion in Brazil, 2014, and I went on I was kind of the salt bay <laughs> I don't know if you saw that but I I had a job at least I took pictures there I, uh, I I kind of broke a lot of rules in the FIFA final in Rio so I was banned after that but still we made a book out of it um, there there it's it's pictures every German knows those pictures because that doesn't surprise <laughs> me that you broke the rules Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah yeah you know me so yeah. um yeah and and that's been like it's been one camera one lens so uh, like I changed my position a lot so I had to run on the field I had to go into the uh, locker room and stuff and that's not been done before like this so so it was the first time and it's been a big success I didn't score a goal in, in the final World Cup like they they scored they became champion and I got super lucky to to be the the photographer at that time and then I, I moved to Formula One and Formula One, same thing happened. Uh, like uh, Nico Rosberg hired me, he became world champion. Then he retired, Lewis Hamilton hired me and I became the team photographer as well and ran their socials um, and the, was their face on Instagram and stuff. And we won seven titles in a row, like uh, personal titles and team titles combined. Uh, then I stopped in there uh, um uh that i had a contract so so it was that that was really the hardest decision of my life too because i was bored i was and and it's hard to be bored of formula 1 and of being the 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 guy of like one of the most successful sport people um 
but after five years, four years, I, I didn't, my quality of pictures was not where I wanted it to be. So uh, I uh, asked uh, them to release me out of that contract, um, which till now, like the guy I worked for was Toto Wolf at the end. Like he's the principal of the Mercedes team. And he, uh, until today, is giving me so much respect for actively uh, asking for a release. Like he said, like, yeah, that's that's really impressive to say, hey, I'm, I don't feel like I'm the right guy to take your pictures or to tell your stories. At the end, my job is storytelling in whatever way you want to do it. I started with photos. Now I'm doing more podcasting. Now I'm doing some Instagram stuff, but it's also always storytelling. So, And if I'm not stoked of that story, I can't tell that story outside so um like that's a real problem so so I, I stopped there that was 2019 and this thing called covid came around so i got super lucky again regarding my timing because after that i'm, I'm kind of telling my own story so I'm, I'm marketing my life to the german market mainly so i became way more german than i was before um i'm switching i, I heavily switched from being a service provider with a camera and and like you hi you hire me to take pictures to i'm now doing my own stuff like i, I didn't had a photography gig for the last four years or something so and i have a question so that's let's, my start let's let's, let's <laughs> here let's we are today kind of like i mean unraveling all this is it's amazing yeah. right like i don't think the places you've been the things you've seen you know and then COVID hits right so it's yeah. like world cup F1. I mean, talk about massive people, excitement over almost overstimulation, right? Which it sounds crazy to think that you could become bored or or un, unexcited anymore. But you when you and I met was during COVID, right? Yeah. That was yeah. during that COVID lockdowns of the world. And, you know, you and I were riding our bikes for fun. Right. So what did it feel like for you to take the lens instead of pointing it at everybody else and telling everybody else's story to kind of flipping the switch on yourself? What did that feel like to kind of turn that back on you? And you're constantly now under the camera. On, I mean. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of more pressure, like way more pressure because now you can't blame anybody else. Like the blame game is way harder <laughs> because before it was like, yeah, Lewis has no time today. Okay. We're not shooting today. Okay. So that's not my fault sort of, you know, like uh, now it's you and nobody else. Um, the audience became way smaller. You know, before you kind of thought like, yeah, I did this picture and it gained millions of likes and that's because I took this great picture. No, it's because of the guy that's on there. It's because he won or it's because of the greatness of Lewis Hamilton because it's he's the goat of Formula One. So like that has at the end nothing to do with me, maybe a little bit, but not more than 0.1%. So like uh, it grounded me a lot because I realized um, what I'm worth as a person sort of um, and just my personal thing. And and to be fair, um, it worked out very well. Like I'm I'm now in a, in a quite good financial situation as well as in a personal because because I'm free. Um, in 2019, I was away 300 days I have three children you've been at my house I have a great wife um, but I didn't see them much in 2019 living that crazy life um, and now I'm I'm 
I don't know, away 60 days a year or something. And I'm like, my only job today uh, is you. We're recording this for an hour and I'm free after 10. I'm going to go cycling after that. I, I feel very retired um, and I can decide pretty much every day what I want to do, um, which is the ultimate freedom, I guess. Um, uh, but also um, I do get the response, like if I'm putting work in a project, um, it sometimes works one out of five i would say but the other four out of five they don't work and so like the last three years i i very much learned uh what i'm not good at and there's a lot of stuff that i'm not good at youtube for example and like uh you kind of before i always had this like yeah i could easily do this and this this and then it gets successful no like i i very much learned what I'm bad at, but also what I'm good at. So I'm I'm concentrating on the stuff that I can do, and and that's that's been uh, very very good for me and my personal health. And and the whole cycling, for example, or the whole personal change. I mean, I'm I'm the skinniest I've ever been in the or ever not, but in the last twenty years, um, like I'm I'm fit. I'm I'm riding. I had like the the biggest. You're probably gonna ask ask that because you you probably saw that. I mean, I'm. I cycled with Lance Armstrong and Jan Ulrich in my hometown LA for two hours, like last two months ago, one month ago. So, so like that's that's the I, I could retire after that. Like, what else should come after this? You know, like three people, and then we just went up to a canyon, and like I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, what the hell is happening? Why? Why? I don't know. Um, but this is as good as it gets, and and I'm I'm very very happy right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like they're the only ones you've ridden with, you know, you've run, you've ridden with Zobel Jr., Zobel Sr. Uh, that would be Eric Zobel, folks, for those folks out there yeah. who don't know who Eric Zobel is and his son who rides for uh, Israel Premier Tech. Um, but also you're out there, you know, you've ridden with Tiffany Cromwell, you've ridden with Botas. I mean, it's like, it's crazy how... You switched from four wheels to two, and it actually has, <laughs> it's crazy that how much connectivity those two wheels have, right? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I think there's so much fun to be involved. And, but what I, what I've always been really enamored with, Paul, and is really, you know, your curiosity and your willingness to learn and your, your, your adventurous spirit has been you know, and that was the first thing I noticed when we met. You want to have fun, but at the same time, you want to learn from the people that are around you. And it was a really, really eye-opening thing for me because I think there's a lot of folks out there that are in your position right now that care more about themselves and what they're showing off instead of what everybody around them gives back to each other. And I think that's a really, really powerful thing. Yeah, but to be fair, I'm like that's been my. I told you the whole story right now. So but all of it has been because of other people, and they helped me, or they've been successful, or something. You know, like, like I, I hope I, I am humble enough to realize that that part of it was me. Maybe I'm seeing quotes where people say like, yeah, the first time it's luck. If you repeat it two times, I repeated it nine times now. Um, like it's not luck anymore. I'm aware of that, but still. It's not me and my greatness. I could not make you a Tour de France champion right now. You know, like I'm sorry, Chris, but uh, dude, I'm too old. <laughs> that would never happen. Um, 
uh, but uh, so, so I'm always I was always depending on other people's success number one and number two um I did I like like I, I, I did get insanely lucky and I I know that you know like there's so many other things that that like like if the the photography guy wouldn't have been uh, the, the rapper guy wouldn't have been successful in the beginning he helped me in soccer because his song was on fifa the game and that was in 2012 everybody every soccer player played that game on a playstation so everybody knew the rapper so i had a topic to start off with and i was not the 712th uh, sports photographer they met i was the rap guy they kind of want to be sort of you know like, like i got so lucky because of other people and so many people helped me and that's the second or third thing really a lot of people helped me in my life in a business kind of way so um and i tried to analyze that why they helped me i talked to a lot of them and asked them and uh, they had one thing in common because at the end um I think I'm 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 putting some a lot of effort in things that I don't know if anything is ever coming back and and I mean you've been at some rides or something you can do this with love and with extra energy and you did it on your events sort of like you I think we're very similar in that but you don't need to do that you know like like you could do it you could cut short probably 20 30% of that and people are still not mad or not unhappy um they're, they're going to leave the weekend with hey this was good this was great i'm i'm happy but if you put in extra miles and extra love and extra energy and and also if you put in stuff uh or if you do favors to people that you never know like like a favor is something where you really do something for somebody else and don't expect anything in return, I would say, you know, like, and that's something that brought me a long way because I could take pictures for free. I can take videos for free. I can like a lot of photographers and I do understand that in their situations. But in my case, I never ask for, hey, give me $67 of copyright usage if you're using this picture of yourself on a press article about you I, like my whole life i said yeah yeah go ahead do it uh, buy me a beer someday whatever you know like and uh, that's kind of uh, it's investing but it's worth investing like i had at least in my life i got 10x back what i invested in other people without uh, ever thinking to get something back and if i would tell you the the circumstances how lucky i can tell four hours of stupidly crazy small uh stories of of people that helped me um that like the, the the guy that ran the fifa program in the final was a fan of a band that i took pictures in in argentina um so he recognized me that i'm their photographer like it's weird 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 stories that are not realistic if i'm telling them like it seems like a lie um but this kind of luck is uh, uh What's coming back to people who invest in other people, I think, and uh, that's something that I that I really did very early on. Um, that I'm there for other people, and also I'm I'm inviting a lot. I'm, I'm my house is open. Everybody you talked of Rick Zabel, he stayed at my house for four weeks, and um, like uh, that that's nice. Like like I'm I'm never asking for any money or whatever like like we have a guest room and my kids are sharing a room and we're having discussions about this because like the one girl is 11 and she's sharing a room with a five-year-old um it's a big room but she's sharing it and uh, because we have a guest room 
And uh, we as a family, like my wife and I, we have discussions about this where we tell them it's important for us that we provide other people with a guest room. It's important for us that we share what we reached living in Newport Beach, which is by by definition out of a German perspective. That's the dream. You know, that's California dreaming right there. And uh, we succeeded it. And we want to share it with our friends, with our family. We want to invite. We want as much people visiting as we can. And and trust me, we, we ran numbers last year. It was 82% occupied, the guest room. So people are here. And we really <laughs> enjoy that. You know, like we're we're more of a commune than uh, than a real house. So, so like we're very, very open. And it starts with food. I really enjoy. I, I'd rather have ten people at my house than just us as a family. And uh, so, like that's that's something that we are profiting off in a, in a long way. And people are giving back, and people are social. And uh, I do agree with you that a lot of people think way too much about themselves. Um, cut short, like, hey, where's my? And and that's I, I I can just tell the photography side of things. You know, like it's a pretty simple thing. Take a picture it's a solution, you know, like it's a problem. I need a picture of myself. So can you come around for this amount of money and take a picture? And a lot of photographers start to argue like, hey, I need insurance, I need cameras, and then I need different lenses, and then I need uh, money to get there. And then I, I don't want to know about that as a client. You know, I just want to know $450 or not. And that's a solution. And whatever is on your side, I don't give a fuck at the end. I want a picture as fast as it gets. And that's the other thing I was always very, I'm very German. Like I've, you know, you want to know the, the, so working five years in F1, I asked uh, my boss uh, at the end of it, at the very last day, I said like, okay, so, so what's been the best thing about me, myself, like my work and, and, and what, what, what's a good thing? I want to end on a good note. I'm fishing for compliments, but, but, and I expected like the, the, greatness the great ideas of social media uh, i mean I'm, I'm doing a lot of very silly stuff uh, if you're following formula one i did a couple of stories that for example uh, botas uh, which was my highlight of last year like the the naked picture of valtteri in aspen that's what i do like i come up with an idea i uh, print the prints we uh, frame it we give it to so so like we did it together with tiffany and uh, Valtteri, but that's that's my kind of stuff I like to do. So I expected my boss to say these kind of great ideas. Uh, that's the best about your work. But straight up, like fast question, you were on time every single time because I was I'm never late. Like I'm I've been in five years F1. I've never been a single second late. And that's been the number one thing the guy told me after that. You know, like I'm like okay, uh, that's that's important and that's something. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like uh, sometimes I listen to a, a couple of episodes of your podcast and, and it's all about like, uh, I, I feel like a lot of young people think of, hey, I need to do these five steps and then drink these two Red Bulls and then I can achieve everything. Um, you surely need a lot of help of other people. And it takes time, as stupid as it is. I, at the age of 24, I thought I'm a superstar. At the age of 20, I thought I'm now the photographer of James Brown. Um, uh, I was not. So, um, uh, so it takes some time. That is the best thing ever. Do you have those pictures of that security guard? You should just... Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Because he doesn't even look like James Brown. But it's just like, it's I'm stupid. Yeah. 
but um but at the end um also and that's one thing like you probably shouldn't timing is is the main 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 thing in my life always and and ever have been has been so like uh, the the last 20 years i was at the right time at the right place but i was also i left places you know i left soccer straight afterwards i left rap after uh, i thought like that's it that's, that's so i'm a i'm a fast lever i'm the moment i know i'm not really stoked anymore i leave this place which is the most important thing about timing that you stop doing one thing because otherwise you don't have time for the new thing so um uh, like I'm, i'm probably okay in timing but everything else is like my career if you would do the same things that i did the last 20 years starting now it would not end up in the career i have right now it's been a lot of luck of timing the right like it's been also i was one of the first insta guys i've like instagram came around and and not a lot of other stuff was there so that's why i'm big on insta i've i moved very hard and very very sharp on on self promotion like shameless advertising self promotion um uh, which i still do a lot and i i kind of like it so ag1 uh, use my code uh, or whoop whoop i'm right now as we speak they told me i'm one of the top uh, whoop affiliate people worldwide uh, as we talk because i'm a super fan of that product i wanted to work with them they said no we don't want to work with you and i didn't accept a no i kind of got like i dm'd will ahmed which is the ceo i deemed i i, I wrote so many messages to wrote to work with whoop they couldn't say no at one point so they gave me like an affiliate whatever program and now uh, like three months in they're insanely impressed of of what's going on over there and it's by far the most successful video on their channel regarding numbers they've ever had so like and that's also i got super lucky that today as we speak it might be more interesting to listen to a guy like me who was 260 pounds and is now 220 pounds and is 41 how he's living his life and uh, thinking about sleep food and uh, activities then it is to listen to pat mahomes because like we can't learn anything of pat mahomes which is a superstar or of tom brady or of whatever like he's not human but both of the guys are super athletes <laughs> um, and we like like i i want to know what you changed uh, to 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 lose weight or whatever you know like like that's And that's another thing I got super lucky and I'm living off that, that people want to know how I did it, how I rode bikes in a long way, how I did 140 miles a day or whatever, you know, like these stories are, I think, in the year 2023, uh, more interesting to people than uh, they were 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, everybody wanted to know how Tom Brady eats his porridge or not. And well, I think that's a really, has. really interesting point because... Paul, you you make it attainable. It's an it's an achievable goal. Correct. Yeah. Because you are not, you know, like you said, Tom Brady. You're not Jan Ulrich. You're not at that super pro level. You're you're a, an everyday human, right? And you've shown people what you're doing, and I think that makes it attainable, relatable, approachable. And that goes back to ride look pro go slow correct <laughs> you know you can look the part and still have fun you don't have to be the fastest guy and i think that 
you know, you, you and I really, that was one of the most fun, you know, that summer was beyond fun, right? <laughs> we did three different events all over, you know, you know, you came, you came to San Francisco, we rode to Marin, then we went to go visit Chris Burkhardt, and then we came down to see you. And every single experience was so different with such a diverse group of people that it made it, it made a realization for myself as well as a as a somebody who used to race i'm too old to you know to go super fast anymore you know but i like to go the long haul and and really my whole world has become the tortoise and the hare right who had more yeah, fun yeah, during the yeah. experience the tortoise or the hare yeah. And ultimately the tortoise had more fun because he stopped and smelled the roses, right? He took his time and enjoyed himself. Yeah. And that's what I really kept falling back to when we kept talking about look pro go slow, right? I, I really would love you to explain that campaign and how much fun it was for everybody to get out there. I mean, you had requirements about the <laughs> ride and I love these requirements because it made it it made it like an everyday person thing to go out on a long bike ride yeah like like at the end it's it's been we mainly think about the social aspects of it so so like the whole look pro go slow thing is we're waiting for the slowest which is sometimes hard because they're really slow people sometimes but uh it's not about yourself as uh i mean emily was there and and she is super strong she can do one mountain fast but then uh, we wait for her um and uh, uh she waits for us i mean and uh, so at the end we wanted to create something that's more social and or i wanted to create that and i started it and then schwabe came along because they realized that's something that that fits their main purpose of Schwalbe tires because at the end Schwalbe tires is the most reliable tire and not the fastest it's not the superstar uh, Tour de France uh, getting the last two percent out of the last bits of it it's the most reliable one and you want to have reliable stuff uh, uh, if, if you're on longer easier tours you don't want to fix tires uh, so that's kind of fitting their uh, perspective of things and and uh, the requirements were coffee espresso so so like uh, you need good espresso you need to find uh, a place that serves good espresso which is also the, the social part of it like to to look into maybe it's not on the route maybe it's not ideal to meet but um, it's worth Uh, learning and it's worth uh, seeing these new places except like like you can also bring your own coffee in a can or whatever you can drink a monster or whatever that crap is um but uh it's better if you start at a nice cafe in a, in a place you've not been before you're learning new people uh, you need local beer I'm a very big German local beer drinker, so that's that's probably the biggest part. The, the beer afterwards um, is where you get to know people, and 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 that's also like the whole look pro go slow is also like me as a maybe guide or whatever I'm I'm serving there. Like like I'm bringing the people together, sort of. It's sometimes podcast listeners, it's followers of me in in Instagram or whatever wherever people are coming from. I'm trying to talk to each and single each single one of them a little bit, you know, like like to get to know them. But the biggest thing is to create community 
inner like if these people talk to each other because they are from around there and each ride had a result of a couple of people hanging out afterwards and that's the biggest impact i think if you have if you created community if you created new contacts of likewise open-minded people and that's that's what i'm maybe the most proud of that that my following or or the people that i bring together are a special bunch of people but it's it's very different from a from a youtube superstar you know like i don't if i do a ride in san francisco uh it's 10 people who are coming there it's not 1000 and we have to uh, call the police um but it's 10 and these 10 are also a little older and and maybe a little chubby as i am <laughs> but um they're interesting people and uh they they normally also work i mean some of them are Germans. They made it to San Francisco. So it's like, uh, you remember those guys, you know, like there's some people that are really, really interesting. And uh, that's what I'm most proud of, that the community that we're building and with the whole Schwalbe surplus kind of riding thing. And we do challenges. Last year, we did a challenge and then the winners came this year to a camp surplus where we rode around and had five days of riding this year. We do one with Fabian Cancellara, which uh, which is also in the inner circle of of my friends, and uh, we are like we do a challenge that's not. We're more looking for personalities. People are sending in videos. They uh, have to they have to do two hundred and eighty k over the whole month of January. That's easy with some climbing, but um, so it's not about the sporty challenge. It's more about the personal challenge, and they can tell that story in a video. So we're looking at the videos. We we are, and the jury, like the the person who's deciding who's becoming a team surplus member, that's just me. And I'm I'm looking for personal stories. I'm looking for nice people because uh, we're inviting them uh, to to a weekend with uh, Fabian and me, and then we do a race together, uh, which uh, in the Alps, and and uh, which is gonna be uh, yeah quite a lifetime experience, I guess. So I want nice people. I want interesting people. I want people that deserve it. I don't want the the guy that does 500 rides uh, every three years, whatever you know. Like like I'm I'm looking for the special other people and uh the, that's that's very interesting to see those and and together together like the team surplus was kind of a misfit racing team i would say you know and i'm saying this was with, with all the love i can give in there because i'm a misfit too um uh, but it was the coolest crew that you've ever seen like team surplus is really a cool cycling crew and uh, we we did 15 rides last year then in germany and all of them everybody's happy over there it's always a social ride and it's always look pro go slow so we talk a lot about gear how we all are like we all gearheads it's all the same but we don't ride super fast and that's insanely important and sometimes we have to like uh, zabel for example i mean he won seven green jerseys uh, at Tour de France. He has problems going slow um, and doesn't have a lot of problems looking pro. But uh, I had to like proper tell him for the first time, like, hey, you got to go slow here. This is not about sports. And then he realized it and he loved it. He's showing up without me and and he's my friend, you know. So so he's showing up to the rides in Mallorca when I'm not there because he likes the atmosphere. He likes the, the espresso and the drinks afterwards. And he says like that, that's a social thing. And uh, that's, that makes me proud. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, talking about riding in San Francisco, 
for folks out there, if you want to see a really fun ride that Paul and I did, I will attach it to this podcast and you'll be able to see the Strava route. It's called Thanks, Brad. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was Thanks, the most, that was yeah. one of the most fun mornings I think I'd ever. I forgot about Brad. Yeah. <laughs> that whole crew, that whole DFL crew has been yeah. asking about you. They're the DFL is kings. Like, uh, like when they started to smoke weed on turn four, that was when I fell in love with DFL. Like, that's the best. That's maybe the number one. We are number two cycling crew. That's the definition of misfits over there. It's, it's, am I using? Is this an insult or? or no, you, no. Like, it's, okay. it's, the, it's the land of misfit toys. I mean, they're just. <laughs> I, the DFL crew is is instrumental in cycling yeah. in the Bay Area, but that ride that day, I mean, Paul, you did kind of, you you won the award that day by those guys <laughs> for emptying your water bottles, sticking them in your back pockets and putting a bottle of Campari and a bottle of gin to take to your friend's house on your bike, which then the battery assist died. So yeah. you had to climb without any help. Oh, that was hard in Mir Beach. Yeah, we ended up in Mir Beach. That down was from Mir Beach, we had to climb yeah. all the way out. That was the, one of the funniest. But I will put the link in for that route for anybody who wants to do it. You will need a gravel bike. Yeah, is that shortcut? That's that's illegal, right? Like, but is the secret shortcut in there? The one secret single trail turn. Oh, the, the one where we kept going out. poison oak, poison oak without. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> Which that actually that secret trail was yeah. built by Missy Gio of the old former downhill. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, that was impressive. Yeah, I, really I mean that was that. super yeah, fun, yeah. super yeah. fun. So, Paul, I mean, you in you have a clothing line, Perry. Yeah. You have your own Riesling. Yeah. But I don't do it. It's a it's a wine maker from Germany that does it, and I just print my logo on it. We I like oh. to drink it. I'm not a winemaker. Yeah. Uh, that was the one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I I have no skill in winemaking. But I think it's just a lot of really, skill in drinking. Yeah, but I think it's really really interesting. Like the fun things that you're doing, you know, um, especially around the the Perry rides. You know, the the, the Perry Police rides. For instance, you were doing, you had the ice cream shop that was doing all the ice cream yeah. and, and, you know, Frankfurters and, and really getting everybody excited, you know, that the excitement level that you brought. So talk a little bit about the clothing line and, and how that came to be, because the store down in Manhattan Beach is awesome for folks who have a chance to come by. Newport it's available Beach, online. I'm very, strong, very proud of my Newport Beach heritage. I don't know if you can be, but <laughs> it's not it, Manhattan Beach. It's Newport Beach. Newport Beach, sorry. Um, no worries. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 how did the how did the clothing line start? Like how did you um so I do I do have a so there's a soccer club in Germany which is out of my hometown. Um it's called St. Pauli. So it's like a leftish it's kind of like Oakland has a soccer club, which is a little like it. So they play second league in and they have a strong political leftish uh, heritage, and uh, I don't know what the team name of it is in in Oakland, but um, so the the team in Hamburg it's called FC St. Pauli. So, and I worked with them a lot in my beginnings uh, when I when I was in hip hop. I I did start with them, and it's been they have like a skull as a logo kind of thing. So the best sold article in the merchandising is a hoodie with a skull, which is 
very different to all of the merchandising that has been done in in Germany around soccer because normally you just take the, the, the logo and put it on a hoodie and take a player and take a picture in it. Uh, at St. Pauli we used locals, local tattoo artists from the the part of the city of Hamburg, which is like St. Pauli is a is a part of, of Hamburg. Um so and and I did work a lot with them. We created a, a, a you know textile fashion brand called Do You Football where we did the jerseys by ourselves. So that's been um like where I started in twenty at the age of twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Um, so I have a background in textile. Um, then I took pictures for them. That's been the same company, sort of, uh, that I talked about the Target thing. So um, then uh, one day, maybe six years ago, um, five years ago, uh, uh, like the German Revolve, sort of, which is called About You. So it's an online shop for fashion. They asked me if I want to be in a jury um, of like some sort of award thing. Um, I said like, no, I don't want to be that, except... We do a fashion brand together called Paris. Um, and they said, why? And then I said, yeah, a friend of mine. It's a super successful. It's like a little bit what the Kardashians do, um, just downscale to Germany. And her name is Lena Gerke. So Lena, L-E-N-A, and Gerke, G-E-R-C-K-E. And uh, her brand is called Léger. So the initials of her, Léger. Um, so, and I want to do the same. And they said, okay, uh, so so what's your brand called? And I said, Paris. And they said, ah, like Paris, okay, without an S. And then we made it. I'm, I'm, I like hoodies. I like the style over here. I like this uh, sort of Southern Californian. Our main product is still like a surf poncho type of towel to wear. The powell. The, the powell, powell, how we call it, um, because my name is pronounced. And there we're coming back to the first question. Paul is pronounced Powell in German. So that's why we call these items powels, P-O-W-E-L, because it's a mixture between towels and ponchos by Powell. I'm smoking a lot of weed too, as you realize. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry for that. Stupid jokes I really like. So, so um, And coming... for folks who don't know, this Powell is the best. <laughs> it's, it's good, right? Like, uh, for all you cyclists out there who are looking for something after one of those rainy rides, those events, like it is it. It is the beach thing. It is, it's awesome. I love mine. Yeah, I'm using it a lot too. So um, we create this brand with hoodies and everything. And at the launch party, which was at Berlin Fashion Week, so it's quite a big deal. And and it's like, and so the owner of the company is like, hey, so Paul, one more one more question. Why is it called Paris? What's the story behind it? Do you like Paris so much? And where's the S and, and whatever? And I'm like, it's my initials. <laughs> I'm called Paul Ripke, P-A-R-I. He's like, ah, ah, didn't know that. So, so at the end, that's how, how we started. Uh, I, I I did it with them together. So it's been like a service sort of way we created it. But also after a year, uh, I realized I'm not totally good. And in, in, I'm very fast in ending things that don't work out on a personal level too like like i'm married for 17 years uh, fortunately but um but every other like people who are working for me or or combinations that don't work out i end because like even if we have a contract or whatever if if everybody's like hey let's not do this then uh, it's better to to end it very fast so i talked to them because it didn't totally work out it was all right but it was not great so and they had the same feeling they said hey let's, let's uh, do it on your own 
and I did it on my own, and then I got competitive. And uh, I'm I'm producing in Turkey. I'm selling eighty percent to Germany. To be fair, where my audience still is like like half of my instagram following is out of germany and that's people who follow me for 15 years i would say and they really know me and that's the people who buy the product there's a big following i have a huge following in india because of f1 because it's a commonwealth state and india is the biggest country of instagram followers worldwide like like uh, users instagram users so none I have never sold a single product to India, for example. They are all there to see stuff of Lewis Hamilton or whatever. Like they probably don't see it anymore, so they are dead followers at the end. Uh, uh, if you talk marketing and stuff, so the Germanness of it is is and the lifestyle is a little bit California uh, summery, bright colors that we sell a little bit to Germany. We produce it in in Turkey. We move it to Germany. We ship it out of Germany. Um, and you gotta understand, like in Germany, it's it's more important to produce ethically local. Like like you can't, no no German customer would ever buy Chinese products, for example. That's very different to the U.S. Where uh, and and I mean, a lot of Americans don't know who Greta is. Uh, every German does. So that's, a, that's everybody a very, knows who Greta it, is now after yeah. the, into the pizza box. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So at the end, um, yeah, I'm 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 having a lot of fun with it, and it's it's a serious business. It, it became like we're selling 60k units a year, and there's four people working for me uh, that come next week to the US. So every January we we spend here in Newport Beach, and then we create a couple of things, clubs. We call it clubs, swim club, bike club. Uh, there's different collections sort of um, and whatever I like to do um, I try to create stuff so there's also we never do products that I'm not using and so it's so it's so it's me at the end the whole brand is is uh, yeah is very much about me it's California it's me and whatever we do and it's a personal brand which uh, direct to consumer no store like we have a store here in newport beach but it's it's mainly a showroom and it's it's like it's not a, a store like you said you need an appointment and uh, it's appointment only and it's uh, we have a guy that 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 runs it sort of but it's not like they're not newport beach citizens that just drop by or something but it's um i'm i'm super happy doing it and it's providing a total different angle because you know and and I'm um it's it's very interesting how different American podcasts are to German podcasts and and in in America it's okay it's okay to brag I would say you know so uh, I'm ready are you ready for some bragging I'm, I'm uh, it's Ripke calling you know like uh, right now Ripke is talking over here uh, if any Germans are listening for forgive me for for being like that but um one of the things I'm most proud of is uh, is my uh, one of the the guys I was really, really, really close with was Nikki Lauda, um, which is like one of the biggest superstars I've ever met on a personal level. And also one of the guys that that really did a lot of favors to other people. He helped out so many people 
like I learned a lot from him and and uh, luckily I got to spend like four years very 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 close with him um and he always like we had a strong connection because we were wearing the so same sort of clochard clothing style in F1 so like everybody else is like super rich and slick and like, every everybody looks good but we were wearing our I was wearing sweats and he was wearing his normal like uh, yeah, Friday afternoon whatever so so uh, we that that was our connection and we spent a lot of time but he always introduced me to wherever we went and like and he was very supportive like if you're following him and and mainly i followed him to take pictures of him you know because he was our uh like a co-chairman kind of of the team so so i i was there as a photographer and taking pictures of him but he always introduced me which is nice of him because a lot of people don't introduce who you're rolling with sort of like special high rollers a-league guys they're like yeah i'm here i'm the superstar so he introduced me always to everybody who was there and said always hey just for your information this is paul um he's the worst dressed and best paid photographer in f1 history um because he also he was the owner of the team so i had to negotiate <laughs> fees with him and he was very pissed how much I asked because as a photographer, I've been heavily overpaid because I, but, but as a media agency, uh, being the face of everything, um, I think I, I, I charged the money I was worth. So, and they paid it. So, but still, um, uh, I made a lot of money on a daily basis in a service kind of thing in a well-paid surrounding. Um, but still, it was a service so so i think it was the pinnacle the highest point of being a photographer my day rate in uh in formula one um and i really wanted to move from being from needing to work one day for whatever amount of money to creating something that's maybe making a little bit of money while i sleep or or you know like doing licensing kind of uh, not service production but creating products that are sellable and that's at the end paris so um, i'm waking up to some revenue that we did on shopify and i'm i'm earning a little bit of money uh, while i'm in bed and uh, so that's that's heavily changed and and the other thing we like to be fair the rib kitchen stuff works very very well the cooking stuff is by far one of our most like because everybody needs to eat i think um and and it's 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 going well and that's the same thing i'm i'm trying to copy whatever you teach me on that day so uh, the cabbage i'm i'm really using a lot so so uh, you you deserve at least 10% royalties paid in beer the next time you're there um but it's the same thing people what we talked about people might be at least equally interested what a guy like me that's definitely not a chef and definitely not a, a high-end uh, patisserie or something guy but but how he how i'm creating stuff that's still healthy and and yummy is at least of interest and and people are so we're 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 doing these magazines it's called rip kitchen it's 15 bucks so it's it's not a cookbook or something but it's 40 recipes in there and we're selling like 
15k units of that which is a lot compared to to what other people sell in, in germany so like that's that's really also a good business which has nothing to do it has a little bit to do with photography i'm profiting off the i take the pictures i write the recipes i'm i'm using my uh, instagram feed where where i'm for for inspiration and stuff so there is a lot of stuff that comes together in there but still i'm not a chef so um, yeah no it, it it's working out quite well I think it's amazing. You know, you've really been able to, it's, it's, you're a multimedia dude. Yeah. That's pretty much what I, I mean, there's, I don't know how else to explain it to folks. Like all the cool things that you dabble in, you enjoy you. And like you said that earlier, if you're not having fun with it, it's not worth it. It's, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of like the dog and up. Somebody just seems yell squirrel and you turn your head and look because you're excited. Yeah. About <laughs> and I think that, I mean, that's why you and I got along so well is because we're very similar in that way. Like I wanted to learn about, you know, you taking pictures and you were asking questions when I was cooking and we, we really had that crossover of fun and learning from each other. And I think there needs to be that would, to me, what was just so exciting. And I just keep watching and, and learning and, and, laughing at all the shenanigans you get up to as well thank you yeah no it's uh but it's also the time for for crazy people like us i would say <laughs> like for sure. all of a sudden uh people listen to it and it's it's not everything is golden a lot of people things don't work out so i'm still getting like i'm pitching 10 10 partners so so i in my life i have like five own products and i want five external partners that i work with so as of now as we speak today we i have four partners um which is nice um but uh, uh i've i'm i have an open slot sort of so um and it's not a long list that i just need to say hey you get it so i need to pitch for it and nine out of ten companies say no to my pitches because like i'm creating pdfs and telling them hey that's what I want to do. And honestly, I always think like this is the best that could ever happen to you, my dear company XY. Um, and they say no, straight up. Nine out of 10 say no. Um, and say like, yeah, we don't want to work with you. I don't, huh? who are you? Whatever. So that's the that's also part of it that I don't care too much about no's. Um, like I'm 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 happy that I've and and the list of partners is as we speak right now, I'm 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 being German here. I'm I'm you know like I'm underplaying it probably, but it's Porsche, it's IWC, it's Whoop, and it's Schwabe. So that's four high-end brands that that are super nice and everything is is good. Um, but um, it's interesting how uh how much of like like a lot of people are struggling with the nose. I would say you know like a lot of people. Uh, get run down if you're and that that's what you learn being a photographer you know like like you have to ask so many people if you can take their picture or something and they don't want to do it um a lot of sports or entertainment people are not the most happiest people to be in being shot you know like like you you would think i don't know george george clooney uh, was promoting a film i was taking pictures for the biggest german newspaper and he just opens the conversation with like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't want pictures today. So you can use my press pictures. I don't feel like being picture taken today. That's been like 15 years ago or something. But um, so, so a lot of no's are out there and you, you're, you should learn not to take them 
personally because they are not personal they don't know shit about you it's just about them and and the, the upside is also about them the picture of george clooney is worth more than i'm sorry the picture of chris <laughs> but, well that's, and I think that's actually a, a really bit. good point because that is a hard thing for a lot of people to hear no yeah, um totally it it can be demoralizing yeah. i mean and like you said it's there's more no's than there are yeses and it and it starts to weigh on you after a while but when that one hits then it's just so much more worth it right and totally. you know what did they say dr seuss had 99 no's before somebody said yes yeah. or the i mean mario gets the guy who scored the goal in the world cup final which i'm heavily profiting of and once a year i'm at his house and saying thank you with a big 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 bottle of champagne uh, that he scored that goal and he has a big and now it's it's being uh, uh, stupid quotes but still uh, I, I straight up think of it and he's he's the blueprint of it he has a big print in his gym that says uh, the winner's just a loser who tried it one more time which is i mean he's a superstar soccer player who scored the deciding goal in a world cup final and he still thinks I failed so many times, but I tried it. I kept trying, and then I scored probably the most important goal in, in German history in the last 30 years in soccer. So, um, or 40 years, I don't know. Um, so, um, yeah, that's that's true. At the end, you know, and and you you gotta. I don't I don't know what my parents did right. That I don't think too much about the past. Also, don't think too much about my failures. I mean, we're we're not talking a, an hour. And I'm just talking of my how good everything is. And I'm, I'm like, if you would ask me, where did you fail? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I never fail. I'm, I'm, the, I'm perfect. Um, but but it is a little bit like I'm I'm forgetting very fast about failures. And I'm I'm just trying to do as much as I can because I'm, I'm profiting of, of the one guy that says yes, uh, then it's fun, you know, uh, and the nine guys. Okay, they're not. Uh, it's totally all right. I don't care. So, Paul, I like to play a game at the end here. Yeah. I think it's super fun. Um, no answers wrong. You ready to go? Yes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. With milk or without? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, the older I get, the less milk I drink. <laughs> beef or pork? Beef. 100% beef. I'm not a pork guy, and it's a... One one of the most disturbing German things is that we eat raw pork meat on like a bread roll kind of thing with raw onions on top of it. It's called poor man's tartar, <laughs> and it's really like I I, uh, I I'm I don't know why. And a fair amount of Germans think it's it's traditionally the coolest thing ever. You could you could and and we even. <laughs> No, it's 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 really a horrible German food, and I don't like it at all. And I have not eaten it in the last twenty years, I would say. And I don't like pork too much. Oh, but I had, didn't I had a pork, high end Iberico, the best pork I've ever had in my life at your restaurant. Didn't you had like this Iberico? Was wasn't that pork? No, it's Iberico schnitzel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was okay. I, I, see. I'm still eating pork, but just if like the best of the best are uh, creating it. Chicken or duck? Duck. I like duck. Yeah, I'm a duck person. Uh, I, too, I, I like uh, 
foie gras a lot, my, my, which is very wrong to eat too, right? Like ethically, it's it's forbidden to that eat. That depends. But, I mean, you uh, know, there's a million conversations about that. Yeah. I like foie gras. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good product. And my my father used to take me to Strasbourg, which is uh, on the French side, uh, an hour and a half away from where we grew up. And uh, there's like foie gras season. There's the first foie gras, I think, in November or something uh, yeah. uh, that's out there. And then we went there and had uh, some foie gras on toast. And that's been a father-son uh, kind of thing. Nice. Nice remembering that. Yeah. Pasta or noodles? Okay, so lost in translation, what's the difference between pasta and noodles? Well, noodles can be rice they can be okay. noodles they can be uh flour they can be multiple different things whereas pasta is pasta okay have you ever heard of a maultaschen mm -mm. i'm gonna send you some maultaschen that's german pasta uh it's great <laughs> this is really a good and and uh, <laughs> soon there will be paultaschen which is oh, my name there you go uh, for your uh, new book. yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i'm sending you those i'm sending you those so i'm a pasta guy yeah okay ravioli or dumplings dumplings i really like dumplings burrito taco i don't like corn tortillas at all but flour tacos are a great thing flour tacos Sashimi, nigiri. Sashimi. Sea urchin, caviar. Uh, I, I don't understand what, what the difference is. So, so cavi, caviar and... Caviar uh, or yeah. sea urchin or uni. Sea uni. urchin. Ah, okay. Oh, caviar. Yeah. Lobster or crab? Lobster. 100%. There's, I went lobster fishing here in California. That's That's one of the things I would never expect to be happening over here that's the the things i learned lobster fishing in southern california that this exists impressive spiny tail lobster very very special uh, uh, nice and have like like you, you have to look out they have to reach a certain size right like yes. we uh, ate you, get in trouble. you can get yeah. a lot of trouble yeah. Yeah. paella risotto paella because we had a house in in spain Small, small, small house, a horrible house, but we went there every year and uh, it was great. Yeah. Chocolate, fruit. Fruit. Not too much of a chocolate guy. No. Brown spirits, white spirits. White spirits. Um, I tried so many times to become a whiskey guy because, like, out of coolness and stuff, um, and I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting the worst hangovers. Uh, I'm turning into a very weird personality if I'm drinking whiskey. Uh, it's I don't like rum, so so I'm a I'm a white spirit kind of. You're kind a of gin guy. guy. I yeah, one hundred percent. White wine, red wine. Well, as a German, Riesling uh, is is uh, very nice. So I, I'm a white wine guy. I like red wine, but like high end. Rieslings is my type of things right now. Like, like, and you can do a full dinner with nice white wine. Yeah. Yeah. Hamburger, hot dog. Hamburger. 100%. Ketchup, mustard. Mustard. Whole grain or Dijon? Dijon. 
Last question. Ready? Yeah. Flour or gummies? Gummies. 100%. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I can't smoke. I'm, I'm still like, if I'm smoking whatever I'm smoking, no crack, um, then I have to still do the, my mom is coming around. Like, that's the trick that does it for me. Otherwise, I'm not physically able to smoke, which everybody is laughing as much as you are right now. If a grown up 41 year old in a group that wants to be cool and hit a joint uh, is like, my mom <laughs> like, but it's the only way i can physically smoke which is embarrassing so gummies uh, really made a difference in my life great great product great. that is hysterical <laughs> <laughs> so paul if people want to follow you on instagram uh and and find perry what is the best way to go about doing that paul ripke p-a-u-l-r-i-p-k-e or paul ripke without but spelled with the e surprisingly no y Awesome. Paul, thank you so much. Thank you.